Today, you'll hear a senior systems developer analyst and PhD student talk about how his current research, which is focused on finding ways to detect fake news, uses things like voice technology and data, plus what he's looking to create based off of his research and why he's enjoying the voice community so much. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Kerry Roberts. And today I'm bringing on a senior systems developer analyst and a PhD student at the University at Albany at SUNY, Shivam Parikh. Welcome, Shivan. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. So can you start by giving us a brief background of your journey into the technology world as a whole and then how you became interested in voice technology? Sure. Like most of students who get into tech, it starts from a small web page. And then as you start taking more courses, you kind of you know, mature into a specific field that interests you the most. So for me, back in the days when I got my first computer, I thought of you know, playing around with HTML codes. And that led to interest in more sophisticated programming, and which led to uh, me pursuing degree in computer science for bachelor's and master's. And then at some point, I realized I really like computers more, and I would like to uh, research more into interesting topics and that affects the society the most. And at the time of uh, I was starting research, it was around 2016, 2017 time, and fake news was making a lot of buzz around the tech industry, and not a lot of you know viable solutions were out there. So I said, uh, okay, that might be an interesting solution, which is a little bit theory and uh, also practical enough to uh, develop tools into. So that's how I kind of started into this research area. And uh, earlier time, that's what brought me and got me excited for tech. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about this research you've been doing, because I think it's interesting that you're focusing on this fake news detection and that you've been working on multimodal options, but also focusing on how utilizing voice technology can improve this work. Can you talk more in detail about why this idea interests you so much and how you're conducting this research? Sure. Talking a little bit about why voice is a you know core component part of anything we're doing nowadays is mainly because like every few years this technology wave goes through some kind of new innovations and it changes how human interacts with computers and you know retrieves information from the web or from any source. So what we have started noticing is a lot of people just like to talk to a computer than doing something with a keyboard and so that's the interaction has been changing and shifting nowadays. So I think that is a big part of why voice matters so much now than ever. And we have so many tools and technologies that are moving to voice first and, uh, you know, allowing services like Siri, Bixby, and other integrated Alexa uh, services like such integrated with other technologies. So I think that's how we are moving forward. And that's how the world is going to start adopting how they interact with computers. So when we're looking at a fake news problem as, you know, looking at the web page of fake news or a real news, it's one thing, but like a lot of people starting to consume audio files as a news. And it is very interesting when we see the research studies about there's a particular fake news, which has audio or video or video means audio included and some text. People usually tend to go after listening or, you know, visual multimedia option available. So if you have a news that has a video, people tend to click on video first and hear the news out and start reading it. So I think that is a very important twist to how people consume things. And most of the time it's been overlooked when you're detecting fake news that you also have to consider that side of human interaction. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I think we've seen it on television and you're right. Now we're seeing it in audio components as well that people maybe are taking snippets of things or moving things around. And so you don't really know what's real and what isn't. So in your research, how are you kind of figuring out the difference between what's fake news and what isn't? What are kind of some of your findings? Absolutely. So uh, we started research by looking at it from distance perspectives uh, to kind of understand how they come to the market and how they proliferate and how they get shared between people. And uh, what we found was there are a large number of people just share things regardless of they think it's true or fake, regardless of what it is. Uh, they just like to share things because if the headlines were or the graphics were catchy enough to attract people to react on a specific action, which is sharing, commenting, liking, or such thing where we notice. So our research basically focuses on first, understand what is the impact of a particular news story is because fake is a very vague term if you think about it. Uh, it could be joke. It could be in a sarcastic way where everybody knows that, and, you know, this is not real. So such uh, fake news don't need any detection. It's meant for humorous purpose. But fake news that are very impactful on the society, topics like politics, economics, health, these are the few categories that are considered uh, very impactful on society. I mean, uh, fake news in these categories can trigger multiple disaster results. So we basically look at the fake news, where they're coming from. We detect their source. Uh, we perform a social media study to figure out if individual social media account is related to some of the blacklisted accounts. And we also try to figure out the information that page is pulling from, where they're hosted, what's their page rank like, and, you know, in terms of popularity and uh, where the thing is coming from. Uh, let's say, you know, is this hosted in the United States? Is it hosted in other countries or whatnot? So we first evaluate the impact of such news. And then we kind of go out and uh, see what other whitelisted news medias are talking about similar topics. And how does that interact? And how does that stand against the news that is on uh, some website that is never heard of? So we basically uh, evaluate the content first to see if it's impactful on the society and two, how valid or how genuine the content is before flagging if it's fake or real. Now, uh, what we're trying to do with the voice is we're trying to understand if there's a voice clip or uh, an audio clip or a video attached with that news story. We try to figure out if that audio clip makes sense in terms of what else is written on that page. So sometimes we have noticed title is something else and then the body of the news is totally different, that it does not even resonate with the title. So that's a similar problem arises when there's audio video file attached and the title is something else. And when people read about it and do further research, the story turns out to be totally different. So I think that's where our focus is headed to kind of detect when there's an audio or some component of audio is involved. We detect how valuable that input is to the complete news story or how relevant that is uh, to the rest of the news story in general. You are doing a lot of in-depth research for something like this. Is the hope for you to create some sort of software or platform to help people detect it on their own? Or do you have suggestions of how somebody could help detect the difference between fake news and real news? We are trying to develop something that can be pluggable into any... It could be a, in form of a web plugin. It could be in form of integrated within a social media. So we try to make it as a, more like a framework than standalone system because we cannot go out and create another new site and allow people to just come into that site and not other sites. You know what I'm saying? So the whole point is to create something that allows people to not be triggered by early actions. 
you know, like I mentioned, uh, people just read a title and then just feel like acting on it, uh, like a like, share, or comment, or believe in something. So our focus is to mitigate that first few seconds of your reaction times. That way you can take a calculated decision. So, you know, it could be in the form of a web plugin where you are on Facebook or any social media and you're coming across something that is not totally legitimate. And but you feel like, oh, this should be true then our application can possibly do some more fact-checking for you so you can take calculated decision. So it could be in form of a web app or it could be plugged into any social media platform as well. That would be amazing. I think you're right when you're talking about politics, economics, and health. Those are probably the three top categories that people are looking for genuine honesty because we Google everything as well. When I think from a health perspective, you know, you're Googling, what does this mean? Or do I have this? And you're not sure if it's true or not. And then with politics, there's a lot of different things going on. I mean, this sounds like something that is really in need, especially in this time. It's not a, I wouldn't say like it's a standalone application. It's a concept, a framework that can be plugged into any uh, application. And uh, totally agree. Uh, Before my doctor's visit, you know, I try to look up things, uh, what's going on uh, with, you know, the keywords. And then I only tend to trust on things that are published on the websites that I trust. So there's that whole trust model that's built in. So our algorithm basically, uh, you know, has a component where it has whitelisted sites and then also fact checks against those sites. So it is similar to what humans uh, search, but like when we are going through social media posts and when we're re- reading news, we don't have that extra time to kind of do fact checking that we would have otherwise with some of the topics. So I think that's where our research fills in the gap. That's really interesting. Now, I know that you are were one of our scholarship winners for Voice Summit and you attended the event as well. What was your experience like? How did you find out about the summit? And can you talk about maybe some of the workshops you enjoyed or the people that you met? Absolutely. Uh, it was great. So I come to find out about like, so I talked to a bunch of my collaborators from other universities and uh, who are excited about, you know, what voice brings to the tech industry and uh, how we can leverage some of the technologies and tools. So I think I from a friend of mine who goes to a school in New York City, uh, he forwarded me the information. And I think I probably applied the same day as I found out because I'm, you know, I thought this was the place where all the people were, you know, uh, really developing tools and voice industry are going to gather up. And it was absolutely true. Everybody who was making their, you know, working on their startups, uh, utilizing voice heavily were attending and a workshop that I attended and learned a lot on hands-on how to utilize some of the existing technologies to incorporate voice technology. So it was great. We love to hear that. And it's wonderful. I mean, there was just so many people there from different backgrounds creating new things, which makes it super exciting. If somebody wants to connect with you or learn more about the research that you're doing, where can they do that either on social media or a website? They can go to espariq.com, S-P-A-R-I-K-H.com, or look it up on LinkedIn, Twitter, or GitHub. My user ID would be Shivam, S-H-I number 268. Perfect. And the last question I want to ask you, which you did answer a little bit earlier, is what is the reason that voice matters to you, especially in the type of of work and research that you do every day? Uh, It's interesting you ask. There's a slight bit of uh, personal story because I'm not such a big reader. You know, I used to push myself to read books when I was uh, younger. And then uh, when it comes to start doing audiobooks and Audible came to life, I'm all about audio and I tend to consume more information if they're available in the form of audio. So I think 
and then I read some of the research where it comes out of how human interactions and how new generations are trying to utilize audio services like Alexa, Siri to you know automate a lot of their tasks. And I think that's where it's headed. And I think that's why it plays a huge role that nowadays people just like to talk to a voice activated system and input some information and retrieve some information. So I think it's a new way of interacting with machines. Yes, I love it. Well, thank you, Shivam, so much for sharing what you're doing and what you're trying to create. I think it's something that is, I have not heard of yet, but I think it's great because it's definitely something that's needed. And thank you for being part of our voice community. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at That's K-E-R-I at modev.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. <laughs>